welcome to Bunta Vista episode 284. I'm Theo, and I've got good news and bad news. Bad news is that unfortunately my three beloved co-hosts have all coincidentally perished in separate incidents. The good news though is that I've got found a genie's lamp, and this bad boy has no qualms dabbling in a little necromancy <laughs> when needs be. So, for my first wish, of course, I wish to bring back Andrew, who got all mashed up by a road train. Andrew, welcome back. How are you, uh, buddy? Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, the genie couldn't actually put you back together uh, again, so you've sort of got that life force uh, in your all mashed up, fucked up body. Uh, but, on the upside, you're already on Instagram Posting stories, flapping your almost detached foot around inside the toilet. So it's pretty much back to normal, right? It's kind of inspirational when you think about it. Yeah. I, d- <laughs> I do have to... You I'm, should go I'm, on four quarters or whatever. I'm getting my wife to get... Um, you know those you know those uh, mop buckets that they have with the wheels? Where you can like push them around with a stick? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need to get me one of those. Kind of just uh, pile you all in there. Yeah. Mm. Scoop me up into there. I can get one arm out. Push myself along. I'm going to be having a good time. Mm. I reckon. Mm. Um, And so for my second wish, of course, I wish to bring back Lucy, uh, who perished in the latest TikTok trend, the Slobberdam Praljack Challenge, where you skip off the Hague... I'm going to give that another go. Where you skip (laughs) off the Hague International Criminal Court guided tour to do a shot of poison in the docks. Lucy, how was it briefly escaping samsara and freeing yourself of desire? (laughs) Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I had a good time. Yeah? Now you're back yeah. on that wheel, though. Yeah, I'm actually Sarah. really mad at you for bringing me back. I was <laughs> having a great time. We need content. Now I'm back here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I just like the that. money. is good, you know, so. Yeah, purely self-interested. I don't have the logins for stuff like a You'd have to make your own podcast, like a know. new one. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fucked up. You'd be an idiot to make a, a whole new podcast at this stage in the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, and, of course, with my final wish, I wish for the return of our dear, dear friend, Max Laverne, to the show. Published author, esteemed poster, and now author of the full-length audio novella, The Horse and the Rider. Welcome back, Max. Are you not going to tell me how I died? No, no, you haven't died. I'm not. Well, you the don't third death was Ben. No, I just wish for you to be on the podcast. Yeah, Ben Ben died and his wish was just to have you on the show. <laughs> that is wow. That is fucking outrageous. I'm actually I'm I'm offended on Ben's behalf. I can't yeah. believe you would do him like this. It's what he would have wanted. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, agree. Actually, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. He is a big fan of mine. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He is. I mean, he genuinely is. He's a simp. When you say it like that. Yeah, I know. I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I actually don't. I don't tell any jokes. Um, Yeah. Um, And I will pull you up. It's not quite the full uh, novella yet. There's one episode left. So if you want to do this whole thing again. Yeah. (laughs) Start rethink from, from rethink the the Ben thing. Um, I probably need some new deaths as facts, well right? to keep it fresh. I guess uh, the issue then for Ben is that he's he's gone to eternity where he gets to relive his memories over and over, and he's going to be uh, listening through all of the episodes of uh, of of the horse and the rider. 
Yeah. Except for the last one? Yeah, except, except he, won't be able to, one. he won't know how yep. it ends. He's, he's going to get one through 17, and he's going to love every one of them. He's going to appreciate the rich storytelling, uh, the wonderful characters... Uh, the the strange and eccentric humor, yeah, fantastic mm. production. But he is the, the gonna feel the like focus being... on fluids, mm-hmm. which at this point I'm not sure is a bit or just like a genuine kind of expression of your psyche. Fluids are a part of life. I they sure be... they really are. I think they were doing a, a you know a disservice to a, a, a rich and fulsome depiction of um, um, you know life um, yeah. if you, there wasn't some discussion of fluids. No. And certainly you're of... getting that. If you're if you're a fan of fluids, liquids, sludges, any kind of effluent, you're going to love the horse and the rider. Do you not think ghosts get to peep in on a little podcast episode? You know, they, they obviously some ghosts get to participate in all kinds of things, mani- manipulating yeah. the physical realm. Turning light and switches so on. on and off, etc. Surely, uh, logging into Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts is, yeah. uh, you know, pretty pretty basic stuff for them. I would go the same route as uh, Herman Scott- Hess, the author as- <laughs> of Siddhartha. No, I would go the same route as Scott Bayo's character from the 1982 movie Zap. Oh, I was way off. He does a science experiment and he gains, like, telepathic powers um, and he just uses them through the whole movie to blow ladies' skirts up. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much that's yeah. pretty much it. Very cool. Yeah, that think... is smart. That is smart because <laughs> you can't you can't do that. You know, unless you carry around a big bit of cardboard with you everywhere you go. How are you going to yeah. do it? Mm-hmm. Can't do it. You can't blow them up. You know, you just you just can't. And I'm not getting into whether it's ethical, um, but I'm saying that physically speaking, you can't do it. No. no. Um, and I think I think the ethical dilemma changes once you are a ghost. Oh, yeah. It's a different ballgame. Do you think ghosts are okay to... Ghosts don't have ethics? They don't um, have a moral no, it's just code. a swings and roundabouts kind of situation. Yeah. Mm. I'm also saying that, like, yes, would I be a nasty pervert kind of ghost? Of course. Oh, 100%. You know, he carries on in death as, as he lived in life. They could be look in your bedroom jacking off. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is that if you're a lady and you're your skirt is lifted and you turn around and there is a lecherous man holding it up with a long stick, uh, that's that's not good. You're not going to feel that's disgusting. okay about that. But you're if not going to know if it's a ghost. Yeah, if your skirt just kind of flies up from an unseen gust of wind and you look around and there's nobody as far as the eye can see, you're just going to be like, huh, strange weather. Uh-huh. It was a ghost pervert, though, is what Well, maybe, saying. maybe. So how long do you like reckon you'd spend upskirting then? Like the first 10,000 years or something? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) You'd get bored of it after a bit, wouldn't you? (laughs) No, you'd get mad like every 10 years or so when women stopped wearing skirts for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Go out of fashion. Yeah, you have to go to the light switches for 10 years and then back to Oh, I guess it's back to this. Click, clack, (laughs) click, clack. It's a really uh, good point, actually. It's (laughs) Sorry, let's just dwell on this a little longer, Theo. Um, You know, trends are one thing, but who's to say that in, you know, 500 years, 1,000 years, the Earth isn't going to be a, um, you know, barren wasteland, everybody wearing still suits like in June, and there's going to be nothing to blow up. No, so you want to you want to make tragedy. hay. You come back as a ghost now. You want to you want to do what you can while you can. Again, I don't endorse it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if those are the cards you dealt, you might as well play. I'm actually not going to finish that sentence. No. Jo- <laughs> yep. 
Uh, can we just peel back the curtain just just momentarily as well? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Max has joined us from the inside of a car, and look, um, as a fellow uh, inside of the car podcaster, not putting you on a blast here, Max. What I want to know is uh, what what do we hear in there? What what do we hear in the inside of? Oh, we got a Skoda. We got a nice V Dub. Oh, okay. No, this is um, this is the you're hearing the inside of a Honda HRV, my friend. Ooh. Oh, that's right. Crisp that's sound right. quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you will find no reverb on the inside of an HRV. No. That's the Honda Promise. Yep. Mm. No reverb inside of a reliable Japanese car. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wherever wherever they build those Japanese cars now. I wonder, like, if you had to name three cars. I wonder how many people would have gone with VW and Skoda as the first ones out of the blocks. Hmm. You know, Theo, I guess that's what mainly. makes Theo a fascinating mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, here we are pondering all of the issues of life and death, uh, what may come afterwards. But sometimes the most important question is, how are you getting into the ground? And we're going to look into yeah. that on Coffin Watch. This week's Coffin Watch comes to us from Bristol Live. Uh, fury over funeral plot blunder after family told unknown person was buried inside. Whoops. Oops. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not the part of life I want an oopsie whoopsie to happen on. Yeah. Uh, it is for me. Oh, right. I'm dead. Like, slide me wherever. Maybe yeah, it'll be if funny I could to take all of my oopsie whoopsies and sort of shift them. In the afterlife? (laughs) Done deal. Okay. Uh, The family of a Cleverdon woman. Clevedon? Cleverdon? Sure. Anybody got any ideas? Fucking British. British places, honest to God. Stupid. Uh, Whose funeral was delayed by almost three months after a church cemetery blunder. Three words you do not want to hear about Mm -hmm. your own burial. Mm. uh, Has spoken of the distress it still causes them a year on. Marion Allen suddenly passed away, age 93. Hmm. Mm, that was 93 years coming. <laughs> Not, I wouldn't describe it as oh, shock, that shocking, you know. Uh, on January 26 last year, but what should have been a smooth burial at St. Andrew's Church in Clevedon suddenly became an upsetting fiasco. You know? You hate it. You hate an upsetting fiasco. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh. I want a comical, comical uh, burial. Yeah. I mean, I do. It'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. it's actually, when you say it out loud, it does sound good. Yeah. I would, uh, I would maybe like, I don't know, um, I would like it if they could set up like a big, tall slide and they, and they push my coffin up the top. And it's, into your and grave? It, yeah, and it slides straight down into the grave. Or into the cremation fire. Yeah. Ooh. Just zooming on that would in be there. so good. That would be so they, like nobody would be able to be sad watching that. No. I don't think no. that's a beautiful gift. You've got to have a little giggle. Maybe some Just a single maybe... tear coming down your cheek as well. Like, oh, that's the way he would have wanted <laughs> to go. Is there a better gift that you could give your loved ones than an elaborate Rube Goldberg machine to get you into the ground? Yeah, I wouldn't pay I money for it so. unless unless it made the. Um, 
the uh, chain lift sound from Roller Coaster Tycoon going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would also prefer if they paid for the package where like some pyro went off as it was going yeah. down the ramp. Like, you know, like a wrestler coming down the ramp towards the ring on, on uh, WrestleMania. You know, that kind of vibe. Either that or I would like for my, um, for the hearse carrying my body to be driven out into the middle of an arena, at which point uh, a massive monster truck crushes it into a Yeah, like yeah. demolition derby, but yep. with your corpse in the car. You really need an options package that just, <laughs> you just keep ticking options until your, your super is emptied. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just whatever brings the uh, inheritance to zero for my children. <laughs> what if there was a life insurance option uh, the, the, where you just paid a bit more for oh. a more elaborate funeral at the end? By the way, it has to be, mm. obviously, it has to be Gravedigger the monster truck. Mm. Clearly. You're not going to get Gravedigger. You're not... Um, no, you're right. You're not going to get Gravedigger. You're not going to... Honestly... To, uh, I've the whole thing, um, y- you know, you get a y- your corpse is going to be painted all over the inside of whatever vehicle you're in, <laughs> and if you think you're getting a name vehicle on top of that, no, I'm sorry, you need to lower your sights. Sorry, there's oh, yeah. named monster trucks. Oh, absolutely, you know the names of. Yeah, why well, couldn't name any others uh, apart from Gravedigger? But okay, so it's like the number one. Yeah, it's like the number one. Yeah. All right, so here we. This is from a list of the uh, the top ten scariest monster trucks Woo-hoo! from uh, motortrend.com. Uh, of course, at number one we have Bigfoot. This list would not be complete without the originator yeah. of the genre, Bigfoot itself. Bigfoot. Mm, that's smart because that's already big. Number He's two. Big. <laughs> number two, we've got uh, Snakebite, the first character-bodied truck on the scene. First character bodied? Yeah, as in like they've 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 made the body of the truck actually look like the thing that it has the cool name of, I guess. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to look at a picture of uh, snake. Oh, bite, of course, no, no, my no. Finn's got a Finn's got a snake bite um, toy monster yeah. truck. There I know go. snake bite. Oh, it's there the you toy go. one. Oh, and he's got. I'm he's the only got, one here who doesn't know any monster trucks. Yeah. He's got the fang on the front. Uh, yeah. Grave Grave Digger at number three. I don't think a snake bites a monster. No. Um, I don't want to derail this, but I don't think a snake bites a monster. Yeah, it's not in the style of a snake bite, is it? It's not just like a a gaping flesh wound filled with neurotoxins. To be fair, I believe that monster truck refers to the size of the truck. They were calling them monster trucks before they started theming them. I believe it refers to the ethics of the trucks. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it obviously... I think you, you got Bigfoot. Okay, that's yep. a monster straight up. You've yeah. got Gravedigger. Bigfoot little... is not a monster. Big, Bigfoot's a cryptid and he's a gentle giant. <laughs> I don't think we have to get into this okay. again. We, we have firm opinions about Bigfoot on this okay, show. Okay, go through some Go through some others on the list. We'll see okay. how many are monsters. Uh, Gravedigger, that's just a job. That's a d- job that you have. Yeah, but little poetic license. Easy to imagine him being spooky and yeah. semi-supernatural. Could, yeah, that's like, monster right. Absolutely. Get like the Gravedigger from Ocarina of Time. Okay, mm-hmm. number four. Batman. Mm. Just Batman? Some mm. of his actions are monstrous. That's yeah, I, very I do, true. I do actually think Batman's I think a he is a monster. He's a monster, yeah. Yeah, yeah they should make a, a Batman movie, but it's about, like, you know, the dark side of Batman. Sort of like a gritty Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds good, yeah. It does sound good. 
Number five, we've got Jurassic Attack. Okay. Is it a dinosaur? Yeah. Uh, that's yep. a monster. It's like yeah. a big dinosaur and it's got a, got a horn on the front. Hey, to us, they would look like monsters, you know? To, yep. the, to the humble caveman. Ooh. Number six, El Toro Loco. That's a crazy bull. <laughs> Following the, to- the horns theme of Jurassic Attack, El Toro Loco was created in 2001. Probably, maybe knocked down one of the towers. <laughs> Just interesting. <laughs> and driven by Lupe Sosa. Uh, like Jurassic Attack, El Toro Loco's outlandish bodywork was a hit with kids, but the truck was never a particularly strong performer in outright racing competition. Fucking loser. I thought it was all like wrestling. Like, I didn't think that they actually competed. Number seven. Dragon's Breath. Looks like a dragon, I'm going to guess. That's uh, a monster. That's that's a monster. That's 100% a monster. No argument. Yep. Uh, number eight. Backwards Bob. <laughs> uh, My favorite position. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Backwards Bob uh, has the <laughs> truck body on the car backwards. Oh. Like uh. you might guess. Okay. I, I think, I suppose that's what, is that what's happening? It's, look, it's really it hard to tell. It's genuinely hard to tell looking at a still image of Backwards Bob, which way around the truck is meant to be going as it flies through the air. Driven by Mike Wine, this truck may not be as outlandishly styled as some of the other trucks on the list, but is distinguished by the body being mounted backwards on the chassis, making for some reality-warping visuals. Mm, meow. Try to imagine a truck pointed the other <laughs> way. <laughs> Try to imagine a truck going backwards. Wouldn't it be good if that was... M- you know, we lived in a world where Backwards Bob was a little more famous and you'd be able to just drop the, it casually into, you know, conversations. <laughs> this is a simile or whatever. Like, yeah. geez, that's a bit that's a bit Backwards Bob, you yeah. could say. Uh, if you did that. Like the truck, yeah. Yeah, like the truck. And people mm. would be like, oh, yeah, like the truck. Yeah, like the truck. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, you, you can't do that now um, no. because nobody knows about Backwards Bob. Well, they yeah, do now. Yeah. So try it out, folks. Next time you see something disconcerting, turn to the person next to you and say, I feel like I'm watching Backwards Bob right now. <laughs> and uh, just just let us know how it goes down, yeah. really. Let us know what your dad says when you say that at Sunday dinner. Uh, number nine, the Predator. Yeah, that is a monster. Yeah. That's a monster. Well, that is a monster. And honestly, I think that's a quorum on monsters. Yeah, it's got a... It's got more of a snaky kind of face, I would say. It's got eyes painted on the hood. That's kind of scary. Oh, I thought it was referring to Woody Allen. Hey, ooh. <laughs> they should paint it like Woody Allen. <laughs> good that would gag. be good. That would be good. Uh, number 10, Mohawk Warrior. Yeah. It's been said that dogs and their owners sometimes have an uncanny resemblance to each other. But how often can you say the same for monster trucks and their drivers? <laughs> That's the case with Mohawk Warrior, driven by George Bolhan, known for his Mohawk hairstyle. So is his truck. Cool. But he's a cool guy. So look, Lucy, I think we've answered your question. Are there famous and distinctive monster trucks out there? Well, the now I know. Now very I know. Much. The more you know, folks. Not going to look stupid the next time someone's bringing up monster trucks in conversation. Yeah, and and look, I have to concede, I completely agree with Max here. I am not getting a prominent name, famous monster truck to crush my hearse into oblivion. Uh, 
Like, they can't be doing that every time someone yeah. dies and requests it, you know? These guys are stars. <laughs> Maybe the occasional Make-A-Wish kid gets to get pancaked. Uh, but they can't be doing it, like, multiple times a week, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I think it's probably really hard to get the monster truck to another country, also. Anyway, uh, Marion Allen suddenly passed away, but what should have been a smooth burial became an upsetting fiasco. Just days after the provisional arrangements were made, the family were told the funeral could not proceed because the family's existing burial plot was full. I we, love these stories. Uh, yep. We double booked uh, yep. your burial plot. I think we, we've had we've had other stories that are kind of similar to this before, uh, and I think I feel like we kind of collectively had the takeaway that if if it turns out that you accidentally already put someone into a hole that I prepaid for, just put me into a different hole and tell me it's done. Yeah. Tell me everything went fine. I'm not going to dig it up. Like I'm not going to find out. Like let's let's. Let's have a little whip around here. Max, do you think that um, when you go to the graveyard and say, hey, miss you, buddy, um, do you think your your immediate proximity to uh, the buried corpse has like a, a more, more or less impact on the sentiment? Mm, mm. Um, look, I wish I could agree with the, you know, prevailing vibe um, here, but I actually think that I do think about it. I'm like... I mean, more in a novelty way, like, wow, it's kind of spooky that I'm like standing like essentially on top of you mm -hmm. uh, right now, but you're, but you're down there. Like yeah. that is, that plays into it. Um, but I think that if I'd been in that situation, I would have been just like, just, just, just dump, dump it on top. You know, we don't, we don't really need to be six feet underground. It's not like there's going to be like carrion dogs that are going to come and, you know, d dig out my corpse if it's five feet underground instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm. not going to happen. Just, just, just park me on top. Just stack them. Just stack them. Stack them all the way to the top. Yeah. Rack them and stack them. Mm. They don't even have to be in order, like like a French catacomb. Just stack yeah. a bunch of skulls Pile in one. Up. Yep. Did you know, sorry, I know that you were going to do a whip around, but did you know, this is a thing that I read recently, um, that most people's skeletons are completely dissolved after about 20 years just due to natural acidity in the soil. Yeah, makes sense. Huh. It seems it seems like you would need to be preserving them if you wanted them preserved, you know? Yeah, I kind of assumed that, like, um, everybody, you know, unless the, your um, graveyard was d dug up or, or whatever, unless the grave was tampered with somehow, that there was just a bunch of pristine skeletons yeah. down there. But no, not at all. A lot of They're the movies... They're mainly gone. Yeah, a lot of the movies that I have watched have left me with the impression that were a reanimating force uh, to come around that a lot of very 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 tidy skeletons would climb out of the ground you know? mm. yeah very clean mm. nice clean white ones clean bright boys yeah uh and don't worry about the whip around i only really cared about what you were going to say anyway yeah <laughs> oh, well i was thinking if i was if i was buried in the wrong plot what if a what if a big strong lady came and stood and grieved the wrong body on top of me oh no what if she was oh, standing she right on top of where you bones. were yeah I, I can't move oh, i can't do anything crushed into a powder by a big strong lady <laughs> <laughs> would, would do you reckon you'd feel bad if you um if do you think you'd feel bad if you were um down there just listening as you as you would do you think if you're down there listening and you you got to um, have a lot of somebody else's nice thoughts and grievances grievances yeah. no they're grieving uh, directed at you by mistake 
Would you feel bad or would you be like, I'm not going to waste them. No. Not going to give them the worms. Uh Uh-uh. Shocked by the (laughs) devastating news, the family quickly informed the church that they had been mistaken, as only her husband, their father, who died 51 years ago, was buried inside. That's a long time to go without your husband. Yeah, wow. (laughs) That is an awfully long time without a husband. Yeah. Hmm. Marion's Marion's ready to get back together. Yeah, remarry, sis. Son, Peter Allen, 61, said all the funeral plans halted immediately, screech, after being told an elderly woman with the same surname was laid to rest six years prior to their father. I see where the mistake was. Perfectly understandable. Totally understandable. So as far as these guys were concerned... Um, like like 50 years ago, they were like, cool, we got the matching set. Done. Yeah, done. They thought they were finished with that hole for life. Yeah. We've all made <laughs> mistakes at work. I don't busy, judge. busy day. You've read the surname. That's about as far as you need to go. Yeah. Yep. What's, what are the chances? Uh, it's good can't... to know, like, it's good to think about, like, how they figured out that there was already someone in there. Like, because it only goes one way. Mm. There's an old fella with a big long shovel and he's going, oh, fuck. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Either that or they bring in the old lady's body and they got their little record book and they're doing a lot of double takes between the body and the book. But, 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 <laughs> what? but what? <laughs> if she's there... Then who's? <laughs> Another woman been down there the whole time. You know who is she? Mm. Yeah, you know this the kind of thing husband. probably happens all the time because you know that the cemeteries don't have their best guys on digging the holes. No, you know it's probably like some some old fella who's probably got long COVID and he's like oh whole time and you know someone ends up somewhere. And then they just then they just keep it hush hush. Yeah, what are you yeah, gonna do? Just like, Dig another oh, hole? Yeah, no, it's fine. Just put it put it in there. No, that's definitely all good. Don't 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 look down there. That's, those aren't some you know rotten sides of a, a wooden box and you know a little peak of skull. Don't think about it. Here's just my put another one down there. Here's my position. You know how there's you know how there's like mushrooms that are the size of like a city underground, right? So you can see them all poking up. You go under mm. and it's all the same mushroom. Mm. Same thing with those forests, right? Where they're all the one tree because they that's all go under. That's scary what, to think about. What I'm thinking is <laughs> you dig out a big hole under the cemetery. You put some topsoil on top. And then when you put a body in the hole, it just drops down into a big old skeleton pit. And you just like keep the toilets build- at a festival. <laughs> like the toilets <laughs> at a festival. And you keep filling it up until it's done. And then you... Put a lock on the front gate. You plop your corpse down there. You throw down a small scoop full of mulch, mm-hmm. and mm. yeah, and yeah, you you're gonna on. have to. You're gonna want to balance some of the. Uh, you're gonna want to balance corpse with mulch so it doesn't get too wet down there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who comes by every two weeks and takes a little scoop and checks the pH. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Why so don't you get a job as a grave digger? Like it seems quite pleasant. Like you're just I've been trying, outside, and I can't have one task. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be that bad. You'd be out in the out in the weather, you know. You're out in the weather. You probably just it. have to want it. Maybe. Like if if you walk in and go, I will dig the graves. Yeah. They probably just hand you a shovel and some overalls. Huh. Do you think they provide the shovel? 
Yes. I'd hope yes. so. Yeah. But you look real good if you arrive with your own. Yeah. Mm, I'm ready you're to go. get the job. Look yeah, like I mean, a pro. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be a con, is it? Like, they're going to be like, oh, well, he's got a shovel. It's not going to be like, oh, he's got a shovel. You know? Nah. It's going to be the mm. positive inflection. Yeah. Oh, he's got a shovel. <laughs> uh, so the son, Peter Allen... I bet when he dies, uh, they're going to go, oh, no, Australian songwriter Peter Allen is in that hole. Sorry. Uh, Son Peter Allen claimed that the church had failed to positively identify the individual due to an incorrect record entry on its database and assumed that they were a relative. He said the family was beside themselves with grief and wanted clarity and proof now that the seed of doubt had been planted. Do you really want to go down that road? I'm, I'm not getting them to crack it open, personally. No. I don't need to see a corpse. Or no corpse, if it was... No corpse. It's going to be so decomposed. If, you if know it smells crazy in there. If it's been there for six years longer than your dad, who was also buried in there 51 years ago, then what Max has just said, if true, means that you're not finding anything in that hole. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, what? Six years older... It's a fifty-seven-year-old corpse. Yeah, far out. I thought you said it was six, like buried six years ago. No, no. Uh, the, so an elderly wow. woman with the same surname was laid to rest six years prior to their father. Wow. Which I assume yeah. was was then how they said, "Oh yeah, there's there's a lady in there, and now we've got the matching husband, and now we just <laughs> we cross out that entry on our spreadsheet." You know. So what's uh, in there then, if it's been that long? Is it just like a, a truth in, a, in Coca-Cola situation? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's yeah. not that much of anything. No, because, you know, back then, like 60 years ago, like they were probably dressing in natural fibres anyway. You yeah. know, it's not like there's going to be any, any no polyester. polyester down there, yeah. Mm. Imagine that if you cracked it open and there was nothing but a polyester suit and some platforms, you know? <laughs> I'll have those. <laughs> nothing, nothing but a polyester suit, platforms, and a bolo tie. <laughs> and and your father's terrible wig. <laughs> oh, quote. We were devastated because nobody other than our family member or relation had ever tended to the grave. He added, "Well, you gave some nice prayers to a lady." She might have been nice. She yeah. might have been better than you, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> might have been an upgrade. It is funny that, like, they think of prayers as being, like, a like a, it's a finite thing and, like, they've just been wasting them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's transactional. Like, some stranger has been soaking up our goodwill. <laughs> no. there, look, in fairness, there are absolutely a lot of people like that out there. Who, who who would be out? Who's that in fairness idea? to? Me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the family claims that a test dig was suggested, which meant a small three-foot square hole was dug to a depth at which the coffin remains before a rodding was inserted to prove how solid the ground was below. As to whether it's got dissolved skeleton in it or not. Maybe. Mr. Allen claims the local grave digger who carried out the test believed only their father occupied the burial plot after reaching what they called, quote, virgin earth, meaning it had not been disturbed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, so they've already had this done, and then they're still like, mm, I still don't believe you. I'd like after, to poke the earth some more. After months of uncertainty, the family finally got to bury their mother alongside their father, despite prior doubts being cast. Yet, more than a year later, they have still not been able to properly grieve the loss of their loved one. Mr. Allen said, quote, Every day the topic of conversation has been the same, with family members and friends astonished and filled with the same disbelief as ourselves over the whole scenario. Not so, every day. If it's every day, he's the one bringing it up. Yes. Yeah, yes. every day we're talking this about this, really? fucking cemetery, swear to God. He's like, oh, there's another, there's another stiff down there. And everyone he knows is like, this fucking cunt will not shut up. <laughs> he won't yeah. shut up about it. He goes, he goes into the office and he's like, <laughs> goes, goes into the uh, kitchen, you know, goes into the break room and opens the cupboard and says, oh, somebody's already used my favorite mug. <laughs> Say. Yeah. That gets me thinking. Everyone's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, I was going to inter these leftovers in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> But there's already something interred there. <laughs> Just dri- driving around like a full car park? Gee, this really reminds me. Two spaces yes. next to each other well, over there. Yeah, I could park anywhere, but I have a special place to park. But someone's <laughs> already in it. Oh, boy. He said that their situation was handled in a, quote, unprofessional manner. And would not wish the chain of events on anyone. <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel like this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Oh, uh, Miss Ware said, even now the family is not 100% certain that only their parents occupy what they consider to be the family grave. They further claim that despite the mishap, they were still made to pay £31 churchyard cemetery fee for an additional inscription onto an existing memorial. That's so good. They wouldn't even throw in the inscription fee as like an apology. <laughs> well, that's an omission of guilt, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> no fault burial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we'll bury your mother, but we do not admit any guilt at all by accepting this burial. <laughs> oh, boy. Who spoke- cares about a family grave? Why do you care so much? Why would you want to be buried next to your yeah. completely decomposed husband? It's really funny to get buried on top of each other, in my opinion. It's because, like, you're, like, having, <laughs> like, you're having corpse sex, like, yeah. silly. Mm. Bury me... Thing. Bury Strap my hands down. to the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Can you 69 us? Like, flip my car. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. A spokesperson for the Diocese of Bath and Wells said, We're sorry for any distress which may have been caused, and we continue to pray for everyone during this difficult time. But how do you know you're praying in the right direction? That's right. You don't know who you're praying for, spokesperson. Yeah, you don't know the fuck all in the diocese of Bath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Bath. It's often located near the toilet. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh-huh. hear a little more about the toilet in this week's Dutch Watch. <laughs> hey, everybody. 
This comes to us from the NL Times. Floating toilet building submerged in the harbour of Breskens. Flo- floating uh-huh. toilet Floating building. toilet building submerged. Building with floating toilets. Or- A building that it's normally floating that contains toilets? It sounds like it's not floating. I mean, well, it's floating because it's in the harbour. Was it already floating? Mm, mm. The mystery deepens. I guess deepens. we'll find out. From a floating platform with a building containing toilets and showers for water sports enthusiasts sank Ooh. on Sunday in the port of Breskens in Zealand. They've got everything in the Netherlands, huh? <laughs> <laughs> As a result, a small amount of sewage entered the harbour, reported Sealand <laughs> Vielig. No one was injured. <laughs> Is there any explanation given as to how it how it sunk? Uh, let's see. The building on the Ustavendum with toilets and showers is normally located on the jetty and floats on the water. After an alarm was raised around 9am, two fire engines and an aerial work platform from the fire department rushed to the scene. The fuck is an aerial work platform? I don't know. (laughs) I reckon it's one of those, like, um, you know, pontoon barges that they have, like, a little crane on or whatever, you know, that Mm. kind of go up. I mean, it's – I really – maybe maybe I'm naive, but I really thought that we had floating technology locked down, like, no wiggle room, you know? Obviously, in the past, there's been mishaps, the RMS Titanic – Mm-hmm. They almost got it right, um, and then obviously that went wrong. Uh, but these days... Yeah, we've um, got flotation covered. Like, we've it's, nailed yeah, it. it it's, it's, it's basic, um, and there's a lot of stuff that hinges on it working properly. Uh, and I wouldn't have thought that, um, you know, toilets would be particularly uh, dense or have enough spiky stuff in them to, like, I don't know, pierce any kind of... Um, you know, um, fucking the, f- I don't know, the, the flo- flotation devices that mm. would keep it, mm-hmm. keep it up. Uh, for the record, an aerial work platform is a scissor lift. Yeah, or a cherry okay. picker or something. Yeah, or like a, a little, a little... Um, Man go up. Yep. Or Mag- woman Mag- these days. Why do they call it that? It's not for picking cherries. It's not for that. I think it's a little, just a little joke. I think, uh, if you, <laughs> I think if you were picking cherries on that... All the other cherry pickers would really think that you were stunting on them. Yeah. I think everyone everyone would be like, fuck you. Fuck off. It I'm was gonna- designed for use in orchards. Huh. Oh, so it is for picking yeah, cherries. Yeah, it is for picking cherries. It is for stunting on the other cherry pickers. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like hiring one of those and taking it down to one of the like pick your own cherries. Pick your own. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like frantically checking the rule books. <laughs> oh. In the meantime, the fire department has stopped pumping because more water was coming in than could be pumped out. That's no good. Mm. So that's the opposite of the Gotta floating get a bigger pump. The floating ethos, you know. Uh, the ten by fifteen meter building lies now at the bottom of the marina. It's very sad. Just a bunch of toilets down there. <laughs> 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 All right. 
First, uh, the last six times has gone bad. Let's try again. <laughs> Strata of toilets building up. How long until James Cameron gets down there? I want to know. Yeah. Uh, Start and the municipality of Sluis will decide later what will happen to the accommodation. I mean, I what think it's already, it's already happened. It out? Like, it's just down there now. Yeah. I think also, it's happened you, I'm as sorry, much you as can't it's going to happen. The phrase "water sports enthusiasts." You can't <laughs> phrase it like that. Yeah, it's pretty luxurious, isn't it? Like um, the just the idea that like if you're out, I don't know, like water skiing, like uh, on a jet ski, whatever it is, um, that you need somewhere that's also in the water, also in but, the water, just jump. But out. that's not the water mm. to piss, like. I, you know, you can you yeah. can probably either just go back to the jetty, or just fucking piss in the water. That's what everyone does. You're in the ocean. You just piss in the ocean. That's the fine. Listeners are going to write in so angry. I what, you don't piss in the ocean. Fine to piss in the ocean. I understand <laughs> not wanting to admit to people that you're pissing in the pool while you're we playing water polo in there or whatever. In the ocean. Yeah. Well, why else are people going to the beach? Yeah. I, did I? Why else would you go? <laughs> I'd I'd really like to know if uh, anybody else like uh, believed the thing. I feel like this is a thing that people said for years, and trust me, it's not true. Was the you know they've got this chemical that they yeah. can put in the swimming pool, and if you pee in there, the the water changes color, and everyone yeah. will know you peed. Untrue. Yeah. You can That's just see true. it. Like you true. can see piss. It's yellow. In fact, can you though? not mine. Mine's not yellow. Oh. <laughs> I um I was watching a video by our friend um our friend Explosions and Fire, our friend mm-hmm. Tom, and uh, he was talking about like chlorine and stuff, and then he yeah. got into talking about pools, and he was like, "Here's how much piss is actually in pools," and it was very upsetting. Oh, it was very upsetting to know. Um, I I'm very glad that my kids Don't piss in a pool. My kids are now at the age where, like, um, if you if you take your kids to like an aquatic center, hmm. there will usually be a pool that's like got got some different depths and starts from very very shallow to, you know, full like, of piss. Well, starts starts from very shallow to like waist depth, and that's where all the kids hang out. And then they'll have like an Olympic pool that people do laps in or, or do a bit of free swimming or whatever. And I think my kids are now just at the age where, like, it's more fun to them to swim in a very large body of water than a small one, um, which is cool because we were in we, we were in the pool recently and we were, like, in the big Olympic swimming pool and we all had our goggles and I was like, look at this crystal clear water. And then they were like, hey, let's go over to the other pool for a bit. And I had to go with them because you have to go with your kids when they go to another pool. And um, I was like, oh, I'll just do some laps in this doing some slow laps bit and I still had the goggles on and that water was just like milky the water <laughs> it was like it was like you could not see very far through the water there's all these like pieces of stuff in it it was it was it was bad and we went and got back in the other one and I was like I think I think we're doing the big pool from now on yeah that was fucking I- haggard I kind of think that, like, if I can't perceive the piss, I don't care if it's there. If I can't smell it or, you know, taste it, yeah, 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 um, then whatever. I'm happy for it to be there. Well, here's one. Here's one more sensation you have to avoid. (laughs) Here's another thing you have to avoid now, Max. Is that um, on that same explosions and fire video? I, I believe that he goes into the fact that the the cleaning chemicals in in pools react with piss and make it acidic. 
Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that makes your eyes burn when you jump in a public pool is that, that reaction or the, the products of that reaction. I mean, that just feels like an updated version of the story about there being like sure. a secret dye in there. Yeah. I mean, they, they put acid in the pool. They put like chlorine in the pool. That's already an acid. You know, that's, that's, um, and it- I know it's there. Um, and if I get a little tingle on my eyeballs, that's the cost of doing business. Okay. I'm fine with it. Yep. It's huh. either that or it's all piss. Fingers in your ears. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Anyway, uh, that's a whole bunch of uh, toilets at the bottom of the harbour, you know? Uh, there is another thing which is at the bottom of the harbour, and that is uh, a, a boat... That capsized last week. We talked about this story, and we're going to give you an update on this week's Crime Watch. Put down your weapon. You are in direct Sent into us by Twitter user Percolated Trout. This is an update on last week's story. Uh, it's from the bonus episode, Lightly Ratcheted, Non-Sexual. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, even though that's a bonus episode, you would have heard it. Because it's Freemium Freebuary. This comes to us from Northwest Sportsman Magazine. Guide shares fishing with BC Fugitive. Goonies House Lingcod Guy. Now, why they phrase it like that? That now, Max. What we were talking about in this episode was a strange, possibly unhoused gentleman who uh, laid a a fish on the front porch of the house that was used in filming the movie The Goonies, mm. uh, and then he went and stole a large boat took it out into rough waters um, and called for rescue and then the large boat capsized as he was being rescued by a helicopter crew. Yeah. Okay, yep. He was just out there getting amongst it, living life to the fullest, you know? Yep, yep. Uh, why, says the article, did Jericho Wolf Labont... Such a sick name. God damn. <laughs> we didn't have his middle name last week. It was no. just it was I'm just so, I'm so happy to find this wolf. <laughs> it was just Jericho Labont last week and now it's Jericho Wolf Labont. That is even better. Amazing. Absolutely. Why did Jericho Wolf Labont run a forty four foot pleasure cruiser across the Columbia River bar and out into the Pacific in the face of pretty stiff southerlies why on Friday? Did he? Mm, why? Yep. Well, the article says, who's to say? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Comma. 
But a long-time local fishing guide who spent time on some of these same waters with Labonte just days before his dramatic rescue at sea has an inkling. Quote, I really think he really wanted to go to the edge of the flat earth and get a mermaid, says Jeff Kitely. <laughs> what? Makes sense. Honestly, Is that where they I mean, are? Y- y- yes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's hanging out in the middle of the infinity pool. <laughs> oh, you're so right. True. So yeah. this guy, he's just a, another, f- he's a fishing guide and they've asked him. Yes. No, but he knew the guy. So they just asked the guy that knew him and he's like, oh, he was looking for the edge of the flat earth. Yeah, because that's where the mermaids are. I don't think I'm going to really trust this guy. I, I, he's making nothing but sense. I mean, you, you know, you could try and use reason to understand why he did that. But actually, that he wanted to get to the edge of the flat earth to see the mermaids is probably, like, that's probably a yeah. pretty good guess. Yeah, that ties it all up with a little, little neat little bow, I think. at the edge of the flat earth? Are you, uh, <laughs> are you ready for, are you ready for a very long sentence? Yes. That I can only describe as a journey. Um, just checking, we've got 10 mm. minutes left on the recording, so I reckon we can fit it in. Okay. <laughs> Kitely is the charter operator who on Wednesday, February 1st, took Labonte on a guided trip that yielded the two-plus-foot-long lingcod that Labonte laid on the porch of the famed Goonies movie house in Astoria, oh. walked off and then tried to reclaim the fish two days before he hijacked the PC Sandpiper in Astoria's West Mooring Basin, somehow navigated it out of the marina during strong winds and across one of the most dangerous river bars in the world before running into heavy seas that led to a mayday call, a rolled boat, an amazing and courageous US, Guard, US Coast Guard rescue, and a brief hospital stay and big police manhunt for Labonte wandered <laughs> on warrants out of British Columbia before he was arrested at a nearby warming centre where he'd been staying under another name. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, you, you did you did warn us there was a long sentence, but I don't think there's any fat in that one to trim. So <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what are you going to take out? Yep. Nothing. And also, everything is connected. It is. That yeah, is so that true. Is true. Yeah, that is true. We and we had a lot of questions last week, and I feel like this is answering some of them. Yeah, all of them, I think. Where'd they get the fish? Now we know. <laughs> now we know. We know why he went back. Now, this is all to say that Kindly now has something new to tell customers when they invariably want to know about his weirdest guiding experiences. Quote, The next time somebody asks me, what's your strangest story? I got a better story now, says the operator yeah. of story of fishing charters and guide service. You'd have an even better story if you went out there and found those mermaids. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Letter to penthouse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to know, like, could he give us at least one of his other stories so we can kind of compare and contrast? Compare, yeah. Yeah. It started out on January 31st with some unusual text between the two as they set up the trip, Kylie recalls, with Labonte asking three or four times if the guide had a scarf he could wear. Odd, but Lebon also wanted to know if Kitely had one of those gold cord captain's hats. The kind million dollar skippers might sail askew on their noggins. Oh hell yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds great. He's I'm focused listening. on he's focused on the really important part. Yeah, he's been planning ahead. Yeah. This guy's got a I think he's got a good sense about him. You know you've got to have a good fit. Quote In the first few minutes, it was the weirdest customer I've had in fourteen years, says Kitely. 
He says he and girlfriend Julie, who's a registered deckhand, have a lot of gear for outfitting their customers to fish or crab at the Columbia Mouth, including raincoats for everyone from kids to bigger folk, but they do not have any of those fancy hats. And you'd think that if you did, you'd keep it for the captain, right? Yeah, you've got to keep some under the counter for any captains that roll in. Yeah. Or, if you are the captain of the boat, you're like, yes, I have one, and it stays on. <laughs> it stays on through the whole trip. You don't want there to be an emergency situation and you're looking around, who do I turn to? Yeah. And there's multiple people wearing the captain's hat. And you're trying to work out which which gold fringe is legal. Yep. Yeah, that's a disaster. It's really dangerous. It's no good, folks. Leave your captain's hat at Yeah, home. we make a lot of jokes here on Bonta Vista. Some of them funny. But this... <laughs> it's not yeah, a laughing matter. You, you cannot be wearing a gold fringe captain's hat. Unless you have come by the rank honorably mm. Mm. and yeah. with the full suite of um, training material. Yeah. Or if you reach the edge of flat earth and you fuck one of those mermaids, it's sort of like getting to the end of the board in checkers. Oh, the mermaids Automatic. are certain. The mermaids um, are certified. They can, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give you the hat themselves. Yeah, they'll do the procedure. They've right. got some. They're, they're, they've, keep, they've got heaps of them. They got loads of the damn hats. Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> Don't have much else. Hey, where, all do you they keep wear. Get, where are you getting all these hats from? They're on their titties like a little coconut bra. <laughs> yep, and when one of them takes it off to give to you, well, Ooh, you know what happens. You yeah. can imagine. That's a double reward. Yeah, Holy moly. Death. One hat, one titty. It's like, do you look at the edge of space itself or do you look at... Um, you know the, uh, you know the whatever else is going on. Yeah, mm. you can you can say titty on here. It's a podcast. I, it's a podcast. I'm not, not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Okay, so I don't want to I don't want to press you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. <laughs> then late that same night, Labont texted kindly about what time they were meeting the next morning. Somewhat surprising to the guide because he'd already established it several times to be at the dock at seven thirty. Oh man, I'm not a morning person, Labont said, according to Kidley, who was worried about hitting the next day's narrow high tide window to fish the Columbia's South Jetty. But that led to another snag. How Labont was going to get to the dock. By bus, Kidley says Labont told him. I said, Bus? What do you mean? The Astoria bus goes to the Astoria bus to Warrington and then walk to Hammond, was the response, says Kidley. In the end, Kitely says he and Julie picked Lebont up at a local library. His initial impression was that his client for the day was a, quote, hippie kid, harmless, but early alarms went off. For starters, Lebont had booked two seats for himself on the boat and paid with a credit card. Kitely says he's 75% sure he's going to get a call from the credit card company <laughs> as another person's name was on the card, someone with whom Lebont apparently raised a little, quote, havoc, if Kitely's subsequent internet sleuthing is any indication. Okay. This guy really wanted to see that mermaid. Mm. Yeah. He was ready. He was ready for <laughs> it. Labont, 35, is originally from British Columbia, but has been wanted on a province-wide arrest warrant related to criminal harassment, mischief, and fail to comply times three, according to a January 19 tweet from police in Victoria. I'm so, I'm so glad they're all humorous crimes and it's not like this guy's a pedophile. <laughs> Let's hope not. That'd put a little damper on things. Well, there's a lot say. left in this article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still time. 
As they got ready to head out on Wednesday, Kiteley says a buddy saw them and warned him he thought there was something off about Labonte and that he might actually be a cop. Ooh. That's an... I think that's the least likely thing that in this entire story. That sounds very unlikely, so given like everything that you have just said. There was something off about him, says Kylie, but he wasn't a cop. Kylie, Julie, and Labonte headed out, but found the wind and currents along the South Jetty were at odds, making the fishing difficult. Meanwhile, Labonte noticed a bunch of larger boats well off the mouth of Columbia and inquired about them. <laughs> <laughs> It was pick day for the commercial crab fleet and seas were relatively <laughs> flat. Labonte wanted to know how far out the boats pulling up pa- crab pots were, says Kiteley, who figured they were from two to five miles offshore. And that brought the conversation back to Labonte wanting to go way out in Kiteley's custom near 30 foot long guide sled built to handle, r- handle rougher conditions, but maybe not those so far out. I don't know how many times the 3,000 feet of water thing came up, Kiteley says. It's apparently at that depth, <laughs> somewhere out on the briny blue where it drops off the edge of the world, that the mermaids Labonte sought mm. swim. Huh. Have you ever seen a rogue wave? Labonte also asked as they jigged, according to Kitely. How about a 50-foot wave? And if so, what would you do? <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. Imagine you're taking a guy on a trip and he just starts asking shit like this. <laughs> You're just stuck on the boat with him, like, fuck's sake. Yeah. You'd be suspicious. You'd be like, what does he know? Mm. What does he what, know that I don't? What's coming? You know? Yeah. What's what's lurking just over the horizon? Might um, be nothing. Yeah, it could be nothing. It could be a 50-foot wave, brother. You've got to keep your eyes peeled. No, I mean, it might be nothing like a sheer drop-off at the edge yeah. of the world. Yeah, that it could be that, too. A great infinity. Yeah. Yeah. One big infinity pool. The question <laughs> makes Kitely wonder now if Labonte wasn't already, quote, scoping out how to get out there. Somewhat frustrated by the slow fishing that day, bottom fish trips are all but automatic. Quote, it usually takes two minutes to hook up, says the guide. Kitely eventually put Labonte into a fish. A 20s put him into a fish. It's very like, what have I got to do to put you into a into a Honda CRV today? Yeah. <laughs> what have I got to do to put you into a 27 to 28 inch Ling Cod? <laughs> that led to the next oddity. I don't have the strength for that, Labonte said of the battle to bring up the toothsome fish, according to Kitely. He was barely capable of taking the rod out of the rod holder. Saving his strength for the mermaid fuck fest. Eventually, the Ling was brought aboard and given the poor action and rough inshore conditions that had Labonte throwing up, but happy with his one fish. According to Kitely, they called it a day. So what was Labonte's reason for being out there in the first place? It was to memorialize an experience with his mother who had passed away, Kitely says he was told. Kitely says he usually cuts up his client's fish and packs it for them at his house, but back at the dock, Labonte said a buddy was meeting him at the Astoria Safeway. That's straight downhill from the Goonies house, Kylie notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you wanna you wanna come around later? Sure. Where do you live? Well, I'm two blocks over and one down from the Goonies house. Everyone in town just refers to where things are. Yeah, oh, that's about to seven blocks house. away from the Goonies house. On the other side of town from the Goonies house, you can't miss it. The house's surveillance video shows Labonte walking up the driveway carrying a black plastic bag, flopping the link on onto the porch, taking out his phone, flipping off the surveillance camera, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. then apparently filming a video as he walks away. It was a very nice Lincoln, 27, 28 inches, Kylie notes. It's a shame that it died to get laid at the Goonies house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that fish died for this. Hey, I'd die to get laid at the Goonies house, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> In a video Labonte posted, he states that one he states one of Sloth's famous lines from the movie, Hey you guys and mentions Classic. the truffle shuffle. That belly-shaking wiggle that Chunk had to do before Mouth lets him in his house. Jesus Christ. It was also apparently Lamont's second trip to the house because the Ling is already on the porch as he walked up. After looking at the fish and calling it, quote, the best $500 I ever spent, (laughs) his camera pans to the left, perhaps noticed by someone inside, he adds, thank you, British Columbia. (laughs) There is so much going on here. In his next post, Labonte wrote, Still want to catch a mermaid. In a January 25th post image showing the Coast Guard cutter at Astoria's Columbia River Maritime Museum, the fugitive on the run offers a contradictory, Next stop, Fiji. What? <laughs> Some people just want to weave a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to respect it. This guy's just like, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to lay some red herrings. I'm going to confound some, some expectations. Yeah. And uh, everybody else is going to have to pick up the pieces because it's none of my business anymore. Uh, Kitely says that in the end, he's kind of glad he didn't cut up Labonte's fish at his house. Not that he felt for his or Julie's safety, but there were rumors he heard later that Labonte had threatened people in Seaside. And poking around online, he saw suggestions, who knows how true, that Labonte had hijacked a train to cross into the US. Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> is Man. he making all this shit up? This is taking some turns. I mean... <laughs> this guy like, plans hijinks like Ozymandias. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I laid the fish 30 minutes ago. You don't need... <laughs> You don't need to hijack a train. You could just yeah, ride they the get, train. they you can just go ride it. there. You yeah. can't take it a different way than the way it's already going. Nope. There's a lot of good reasons to hijack a car, <laughs> you know, so you can, you know, take it to a surprising destination. But a train, you might as well just climb on and let the driver do their thing. Yeah. Put your feet up. Lay down your bundle. Yeah. Take it easy, a little brother. Tune. <laughs> There's two pages left of this story (laughs) Oh my god I'm gonna race on through (laughs) It was a relief to hear he was in custody More for the other people, he says It wasn't the last Kitely would hear of Labonte Perhaps because he was unable to reclaim The Lincoln at the Goonies house Labonte started texting Kitely Trying to convince him to go back out on the water I'll take the cod But what I really wanted was a salmon Labonte said, according to Kitely while the ocean is currently closed for salmon. Hmm. How can that mm-hmm. be? Yep. Yep. Okay. We got, <laughs> what got, does that mean? Got the gate up. Technically, the estuary of Columbia is open for hatchery Chinook. Though if state catch data is any indication, at this time of year, biters are as rare as unicorns. I would have said mermaids. In yeah. That, mm, yep. If I was writing this, just a little That would have been good. Yep. Labonte said Kitely owed him for more than one fish, and he wanted to try his luck crabbing, but Kitely told him he doesn't run Dungeness trips after the commercials put their gear in. Labonte said all he wanted was two or three for Crab Rangoon, which he was going to prepare in honour of his mother. 
Kindly says he suggested Lamont search Google or call other nearby bays. In making a final request to go crabbing in a voice-to-text message, Kitely says Lebon inexplicably brought up the National Reconnaissance Office and NSA headquarters and burning them to the ground to hold them accountable for something. That's the kind of guy you want on yeah. your boat. Yep. I, don't, I don't normally listen crabbing. to voice messages on my phone, but I feel like if I get one from, uh, from this guy, I might hit play just to see what, see what he's throwing See what's down. going on. Can I commit the Let extremely... Yeah, got to commit the extremely rare act of hitting save voicemail. <laughs> Quote, I had signs it was peculiar. I've never had an experience <laughs> like this, says Kidley. Just a little peculiar. Listen, he says, there's no sense to be made. There's nothing sensible about this at all. What a beautiful quote. There's nothing mm. sensible about this at all. I feel like, given enough time, every action of this man has been revealed to be sensible, so... Mm. Yeah. Very reasonable. Yeah. The only sensible thing now is that the guide has his new weirdest ever story to tell clients, topping his old one about a drunken sturgeon angler who jumped overboard during a derby, he told the New York okay. Times. Comparison, that's a pretty good story, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good too. I actually think that this guy runs off like a flawless internal logic. When he likes something, whether it's the Goonies or his mother, he pays a seafood tribute to it. That's just what <laughs> yeah. happens. Yep. Like fish, crab, rangoon, doesn't matter. Yeah. If he likes something enough, it gets a seafood tribute. Yeah, just gonna that dump is so some predictable crab for him. On <laughs> mother's grave. Yeah. Waste <laughs> fish is his love language. God, imagine finding out like years later that you had been laying all of those crab rangoons on someone else's body. <laughs> God. Horrible. That might have been the end of it, but very early Friday morning, Lebont commandeered the sandpiper <laughs> of Dr. David oh, and Cindy Leibel, and somehow, in the strong south winds that day, he piloted the big cruiser out of the West Mooring Basin at about 5.15am, per security tape, and onto the Columbia and headed to sea. Something even a waterman like Kitely wouldn't want to try with such a big boat in those conditions. But perhaps Lebont had bigger things to try and catch. Yeah. Quote, listen. He was thinking he'd get a mermaid at the edge of the flat earth, Kitely says. And why not? Mm. He figures the sandpiper was probably already beat up from navigating out of the marina, and he says a commercial crabber steaming into port tried to hail the craft as it headed out, but was ignored. The boat looked in rough shape going out, Kitely says he's heard. Somewhere a couple of miles off the Columbia, Labont ran into trouble and sent a vague mayday message. Fortunately for him, Coast Guard crews from the nearby station in Iwako happened to be training in the area. Triangulating the signal, cutters and a helicopter converged. A series of Coast Guard videos captured the big seas. The sandpiper abeam to the waves. U.S. Coast Guard student swimmer petty officer first class Branch Walton with, <laughs> with his snorkel and flippers making for the boat. Labont putting on a life jacket and getting onto the swim step and Walton diving as a foaming 20-foot wave approaches, hits the boat and rolls it completely over, launching Labont and putting him into a merciless spin cycle. I kind of got thrown around a little bit by the wave, Walton told news media. When I came up, I noticed the boat was pretty much in a shambles. Labont nearly lost his life jacket, it was reported, but he was soon plucked from the sea, suffering only mild hypothermia. Kitely says he and Julie zoomed in on the image of a photo of him being carried off the chopper by the aircrew. 
Same shoes, same pants, same jacket, same dude, he says. <laughs> <laughs> he says he called the Coast Guard to say he'd taken Labonte fishing just a few days before and there was a strong chance the sandpiper had been stolen. The owners of the boat could probably tell you that. Probably. I wanted to let the Coast Guard know this wasn't an accident. This was thought out and planned, says Kiteley, like Ozymandias. In the end, Labonte walked out of the hospital and made it 17 miles to a warming shelter in Seaside before being arrested for, quote, theft in the first degree, endangering another person, criminal mischief in the second degree, and unauthorized use of a vehicle, per What's the, the Daily Historian. What's the crime? What's the charge, officer? <laughs> what is the charge? What's the crimes? He's now in the custody of ICE. Boo. Boo. Hopefully he gets some help back in Canada. This screams of a mental health issue. Thank oh, you, they person. would say that, would they? Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Kindly has immense praise for not only Walton, who graduated the course that day, <laughs> but all Coast Guard rescue swimmers. He says when they walk into bars in Astoria, the mood changes noticeably. Quote, right. <laughs> they are brimming with piss and vinegar, as self-confident as can be, he says. Kitely labels Walton a stud and Labonte lucky. Really but I- into this Coast Guard. <laughs> like, very into him. Oh, I would have given anything to be held by those strong Ooh, arms I that day. I rescued me that day. Very good. It's highly unlikely a Walton was the mermaid Labonte was looking for out there on the waters of the continental shelf as they sloped towards 3,000 feet and deeper. Sounds like he was. It's a shockingly, horrifyingly interesting story, says Kidley. Update. The length of the PC Sandpiper was widely initially reported as 35 feet, but a piece that washed ashore nearby and is believed to have come from the boat describes it as an Alexander Marine Co. 440 sun deck manufactured in the fall of 1994, the 440 refers to a deck length of 44 feet. Thank yeah. you for that clarification. The biggest twist of all. <laughs> that was a ride. Wow. That's, uh, that's so crazy you couldn't write a story that interesting unless you could, like Max here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice. Um, yeah, that's nice. That is nice. Um, yeah, um, I have... There's no mermaids um, in um, in my podcast, though. So no, but oh. there is a, possibly a fawn-like creature. Yeah, I mean that is indisputable. There is a fawn-like. There creature. is a fawn-like yeah. creature. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I'm updating that. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that, you can lock that in. Lock that in. <laughs> fawn-like lock creature, down. diamond nipple ring. Uh, that's yeah. a little sizzle for the horse and the rider. Yep. <laughs> if you like to imagine your fawns with a little scoop neck singlet and one diamond nipple ring, um, yeah, well, you don't have to imagine it. You can just listen to the podcast. Someone else has imagined it for you. I've done the work. Let Max imagine it for you. I've done the I've done the hard yards. Just come on in. Done the work. I did the work. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, work. He always understood the assignment. <laughs> And that's that on that. Well, uh, you can also buy a book that Max has written. Yeah, go and do that. Go and do that. Uh, yeah, yep. You can you can get the ebook. Um, there's no one. There's none of the paper ones left. But um, you can you can get it. 
Um, and the last episode of the podcast is next week. Woo. So, um, yeah, you know, if you um, just want to uh, surf right on over after you finish this episode of Bunta Vista, um, uh, boy, oh, boy, you could hear me twice as much. I would love that. Listen, thank you for fucking leaving dead silence. You guys are like, fuck me even more. God damn. Yeah, so your video is not working. I could clearly tell that Andrew was uh, struggling oh, with, we're a little, nodding. with we're a little bit nodding. of uh, a little bit a little bit of reflux or something there. Max I got, I got a cough. Okay. I got a little cough. Just just uh, hanging. Well, um, you know, I don't know if the fact that Andrew's barfing while I'm talking <laughs> makes it significantly better, but well, I do thank you for the explanation. Wonderful. Max, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for coming Thanks, back. Max. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bunta Vista. Thanks for keeping coming on the show despite prior knowledge of the content, the format. A whole deal. A whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> the audience. Yep. The listening numbers. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I'm 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 looking for the Bunta Vista bump, baby. Yeah. I'm Ooh. looking for some extra subscribers. If I don't get it, it's obviously never gonna happen again. But um, you know, mm-hmm. um provided the bump comes through tomorrow, um, I'm happy. Yeah. We'll get our people on it. Will we still get credit if um will we still get credit if you get a bump of people listening to the first episode? Maybe they haven't been listening to it and they have to start. Yeah. But you don't uh, want yeah, them to start counts. with the last that episode, counts. do you? I don't want him to start with the last episode. No, it's important to start with the first episode. Okay. It is sequential. Right. Not like this podcast. We would prefer it if you didn't go backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, um, we'll put some links to uh, the podcast, the book, all of Max's various places in the episode description. You don't even have to leave your podcast app to just click on that and then go there, you know? We'll do that. That is so good. That is so good. You go and click on that, (laughs) enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you next week, or maybe even again this week for Freemium Freebrewery, where you get all the bonus episodes free for a month, because we're just good like that. We're nice people, okay? Hmm. Bye, everybody. Bye. Max, say goodbye. I can't see you waving. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 